rough like a turd of hurdles. A herd of turtles. Okay. Good evening, everybody. Speak into the microphone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast from P-Town. Don't be looking all around when you're trying to talk. It's rude to the audience. Just right there. We've got to share a microphone still. <sighs> Anywho, so now that I've gotten my lesson on how to do this after the umpteenth time of Don't fidget with stuff on the desk. being on here, here is your host who's going to get knocked out of his chair here in a minute. Hi. How's everybody doing? Hope everybody's having a good week. We actually, we got a little bit of snow. Not very much, but a little bit. Yeah. Um... The Beavers won the Civil War, which was pretty cool. Yes. ESPN, at the end of the third quarter, ESPN um, said that the Beavers had a 3% chance of coming back. Well, ESPN was... Wrong. 97% wrong. Espen wrong. Espen wrong. Yeah. Um, other than that, oh, the Eagles are 10-1 and one now. They beat the Fudge Packers. And uh, I feel really bad for Aaron Rodgers. I honestly do. He's. It, I kind of think this is probably going to be his last year. And to go out like he has been, or like this. I mean, he's been making some mistakes, but his team really isn't helping him out a whole heck of a lot either. So. No, but that quarterback uh, that went in for him sure did well. Yeah, and love. The O-line, yeah, the O-line sure did. Yeah, they love. did a lot more for that guy than they. Well, and then you got the whole Zach Wilson thing. Oh, that. Uh, Controversy. Uh, him getting kicked out. and I don't know if there's any truth to him sleeping with his mom's best friend or not. Okay, what's that got to do with anything? That's not well, why he got... That's not why he's benched. Maybe he was... It has nothing to do with that. Don't even... could. No, no it does not. Gosh. Maybe he's having, like, flashbacks or something or <sighs> whatever. Moving on. Um, Thank you, news correspondent, for the news. So, looking at the news for this week, uh, you know what the nice thing about this podcast is? Nobody messages me, so I can pretty much say whatever I want on here. Not necessarily. And this week, the news correspondent was evidently on a roll because it says, apparently trans are all in the news, or in all the news. Trans? Trans. Oh. Oh. Trans. Gender. Oh. Trans. Yeah. It's not an innie or an outie. Um, so, it shows that this is frustrating. A biological male who was 72nd on the boys' track team takes uh, first place on the girls' team. Yep, in Washington. Yeah, in Washington. Says Hoffman was a mediocre, a mediocre cross-country runner on Seattle Academy's boys' team during his freshman year. Or its freshman year. Aspen Hoffman competed as a boy and finished 72nd in the league finals. Now, as a sophomore competing as a girl, Hoffman broke Seattle Academy's school record in the girls' 5,000-meter category and ranks first in the league. Hoffman's time in the 5,000-meter would rank him 48th if he had competed in the boys' division. It says he's larger than any of the girls and shamelessly takes first place on the podium. Mm. And a gal says, now my daughter is competing against a male for scholarships and we can't even say anything. Uh, you can't even approach it in a nice way without being la- labeled as a hateful bigot. Mm-hmm. You will get th- death threats against you. Actually, it was her father that said that. But mother, father, it doesn't matter these days. Um, in 2007, the Washington Interscholastic Athletic Association, WIA, uh, they adopted the International Olympic Committee's position, which stated... 
that trans individuals could participate in sports in their reassigned gender provided they had undergone surgery and a minimum of two years of hormone treatments. Mm-hmm. And then in 2018, they updated its policy lifting the surgical component. So you still had to have the gender or the hormone, hormone. things. Um. And then in 2021, they disregarded all scientific reasoning and eliminated all requirements related to medical evaluation and hormone therapy. The rationale behind the changes was outlined in the uh, 2021 Gender Diversity Toolkit, where they inaccurately argue trans athletes on teams have not been shown to diminish opportunities for others. And there are no competitive advantages, which I say bull larky. Uh-huh. Yeah. Males that compete in female sports are taking away opportunities specifically meant for girls. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hoffman's teammate was bumped off of the varsity yep. squad because they can only have seven people ten. on the... No, it said seven. Oh, I thought it was ten. Schools can only run seven people oh. on varsity. And the girls end up losing their opportunities for scholarships. They, I mean... Right. They can't even compete. Yeah. It says this one person for the Washington Post said that uh, men and women's sports could actually be a good thing for young girls because it teaches them the art of losing gracefully. Well, they just need uh, throat punched. Yeah. I don't agree with that whatsoever. I don't know how anybody can agree with that. How can one person agree with that? I don't. You will never, ever rationalize that to me. Ever. Right. But I'd still like to try and have you tell me your side of it and try and explain it. How is that it? a good thing or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, because... Um, yeah. So if the girls were taking performance enhancement drugs to try and make them faster, better, whatever, they still can't do it. It's yeah. still not... It, then that's It's like that one, pers- that one guy I work with. He said, irregardless of where you identify yourself as... You look at scientifically, the hormones even are not the same. No. You got XY and XX or YY or whatever it is. It's not the same. Correct. Um, North Carolina high schools cancel volleyball games against one school after a transgender player injures a girl. Oh. Says high schools in Cherokee County, North Carolina have canceled volleyball matches against one school after a transgender athlete injured another girl at a recent game. The injury occurred last month when a Highlands High volleyball player made a spike oh. and smashed a Hawassi Dam, a Hawassi Dam High player, whatever, in the forehead, causing severe head injuries. Oh gosh! The Hawassi Dam player, a biological girl, suffered severe head and neck injuries, resulting in long-term concussion symptoms, including vision problems. The girl has still not yet been cleared cleared to play again by her primary care physician or a neurologist. The Cherokee County Board of Education then voted 5-1 to one to declare a safety issue and canceled all games against Highlands High after coach and Cherokee board member Joe Woods said he had never seen a hit like this before. The biggest thing for us, especially after seeing the video of the injury, we felt strongly that it was a safety concern. I think most of the board members also felt like there is a competitive advantage issue. Uh, you think? Yeah. Oh, and then <clears throat> this, I saw this on the news. He sent it to me. Biden's gender fluid drag queen nuclear official uh, was charged with stealing woman's luggage. Oh, gosh. The Energy Department's chief of nuclear waste disposal, Sam Brenton, who identifies as gender fluid 
and has two degrees from MIT, has been charged with felony theft after allegedly stealing a female victim's luggage at uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport in September. Brenton was filmed allegedly... Brenton was filmed allegedly stealing a woman's roller bag at the airport's baggage claim area by security cameras on September 16th. Security footage also showed Brenton taking the woman's luggage from the baggage carousel and then removing the tags before leaving the scene. And it says, after the defendant took the blue bag from carousel 7, defendant is observed leaving the airport in a rideshare vehicle with the blue bag. The complaint... Uh, records from American Airlines confirmed that defendant did not check a bag when defendant departed Washington, D.C. to Minneapolis-St. Paul. Britton is an outspoken LGBTQ activist and identifies as gender fluid while using they-them pronouns. And according to the Washington Examiner, Britton was also a member of a drag queen society called Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Um said uh, she also, or he or they, also dressed up as a radioactive, or dressed up as a drag queen uh, character called Sister Ray D-O-Active. Um, that was in a 2018 Instagram post. It also states that uh, Brenton enjoys tying up his significant other like a table and eating his dinner on him while he watches Star Trek. So there's a picture for you. Nope. I can paint a picture with words. Um, Britton initially claimed that the bag was taken by mistake and no clothes or objects had been removed from the bag. Um, it says defendant admitted to taking the blue bag but stated they were tired and took the suitcase thinking it was theirs. Defendant said when they opened the bag at the hotel, they realized it was not theirs. Defendant got nervous. People would think they stole the bag and did not know what to do. Hmm. Defendant stated they left the clothes from the bag inside the drawers in the hotel room. None of the female victim's clothes were found in Brenton's hotel room. Good grief. And if you're, it doesn't matter if you're tired or not. You weren't shown checking any bags, and you took a bag. Right. It, Wouldn't you be like, oh, hey. Yeah. Um, here's one. Um, Dwight from The Office. Oh. Remember Dwight? Uh, his, actual name, his actual name is uh, Rain Wilson. He has changed his name. It says, Rain has unofficially changed his name to protest against climate change. Wilson, who is famous for playing the role of Dwight Schrute on the U.S. TV uh, sitcom The Office, said he will now go by Rainfall, Heat Wave, Extreme Winter Wilson. Nuh-uh. Yeah. And his Instagram accounts the chain, or he changed it on Instagram, too. Um, It comes from, uh, there's a COP27, it's the United, or it's the... 27th United Nations Climate Change Conference in Egypt. Wilson has also asked other actors and pop culture icons to make a similar move to raise awareness about climate change. I think that I like him playing Dwight Schrute, but I think Wilson and other pop icons and all this other stuff should just keep their bloody pie holes shut and not try to influence everybody and uh, stay in their lane and leave the science to the scientists. Right. Um, now, getting into deaths, Sheila Vogel Coop, 93, um, oldest prostitute in the world, died. She started escorting at age 81. No, sir. That's what it says. Oh, gosh. Now, that paints a picture with words, doesn't it? Nope, nope, nope. You want me to throw in a few one-liners there for this one? No, You sure? Yep, let's move on. Okay, well, we'll keep going. Uh, Clarence Gilliard, actor. 
uh, who's an actor, uh, died at the age of 66. And he played on uh, Die Hard and Walker, Texas Ranger. He was the black guy in Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, Remember that guy? Yes. That we liked so much? Yes. Yeah, he died. Oh. It said, I read the news story about it. It says that, um, that was another thing I forgot to tell you about today, that I read that. Um, it says that they were, um, the cause of death had not immediately been released or determined or anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was kind of sad. Um, other than that, you got any news you want to uh, share with the group? Nope. Okay. Well, I think I'm good. N- Moving right along, then. Um, this week, we had to pick another short one, because guess who has something to do again tonight? Um, this one, I ha- I'm probably not going to make fun of you for not knowing about this one, because Thank I you. hadn't heard about it either until I actually started researching it. Well, good. Look and I'm that. not even really sure how I came about it. But um, this one is called The Philadelphia Experiment, and there's quite a few facets of this one. Um I'll tr- and I'm probably going to end up bouncing around a little bit because I've got severe ADHD. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Oh, gosh. You know, I don't do a whole lot of real deep research on anything because I think part of it is my ADHD kicks in. But also, it also, you know, I give enough to kind of wet people's whistle so they could go out and research it themselves. Yeah, you don't have ADHD. I kind of do. Um. So one of the main subjects in this thing uh, is the USS Eldridge, and it was obviously a ship that the Navy had. Uh, the construction of the ship, it started in February 22nd of 1943, and it was commissioned on August 27th of 1943. So that's like wow. six months to build an entire destroyer. Wow, that was fast. Which I got a couple theories. Oh, gosh. Either they built it to help out the war effort, you know, because they were... We're in full, you know, World War Two. Right. So they built it really quickly that way. Or the Navy was having some bad breakups on the subs and they needed some place for the disgruntled partners to go to. Yeah, nope. Nope. I think it was one of those two. Yeah, well. But anyhow, before the ship got sent on its merry way, uh, it was in dock in Pennsylvania um, at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard. And this is where the Philadelphia Experiment part comes in. So the guy who created this, uh, who this thing talks about, um, I'm not sure if he created it as a hoax or if he was a big conspiracy theorist or something um, and ran with that. But the guy's name was Carl Carl Meredith Allen. And he was born on May 31st of 1925. He was born in Springdale, Pennsylvania, and he was said to have done well in school and had a fantastic mind. But as it goes with a lot of guys like this, he never really held a job for very long, and he was kind of considered to be a drifter, and he was also kind of lazy as well. Um, <clears throat> he ended up joining the Marines in 1942, but he got discharged less than a year later. Uh, I couldn't find out why he was discharged and whether it was an honorable or dishonorable discharge, but um, less than a year later, he ended up getting discharged. And then right after that, he joined the United States Merchant Marines, and I didn't know that this but because my grandpa i think was in the merchant marines in world war ii actually um well no he was in the navy but he was signed on merchant ships or something i need to figure that out um the merchant marines i guess during peacetime they transport goods uh for the military and then they transport or they transport stuff for civilians as well but then during times of war they're they 
kind of become connected to the Navy. And at that point, then they end up working pretty much solely for the military and they transport personnel and goods wherever they need to go. And while we're talking about the merchant marines, I've got an interesting side note. Do you know what being Shanghai is? No. So, the merchant marines, along with other things, they best effectively put an end to people being Shanghai. And it's basically, uh, they kidnap people, and then they force them to work as sailors on a ship. So, they take these people, they kidnap them, they put them away somewhere and hold them until a ship comes in, and then they can transfer them to the ship, and the people are basically stuck on the ship or swim really good. Uh, one story that I heard about this one time, a bunch of people were uh, kidnapped, and they were put, like, in this tunnel. And on they the were, ship? No, oh. when the, while they were waiting for the ship. Oh. And then the guys who kidnapped them took all their shoes away from them, and then they spread out a bunch of broken glass. So the people could leave if they wanted to, but they'd have to walk across the broken glass to get there. Mm-hmm. Like 50 yards of broken glass. But, yeah, so basically these people were sold. It's kind of like people being coming nowadays, people getting becoming sex slaves or something. It's human trafficking is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know at one time where the capital of being Shanghai was at? The capital Shanghai place in the world? Shanghai? No. Ecuador? No. America? Where? Oh. Uh, New York? No. Los Angeles? No. Miami? No. Pittsburgh? No. Prineville? No. What's the state? Oregon. Oh, no. Portland? Yep. Ooh. They said that one time Portland was a Shanghai capital of the world. Oh. They said that, you know, a guy'd be sitting at a bar, and then the next time he turned around, and the guy's not there anymore. They were talking about, like, trap doors and stuff, like, where they would fall underneath the sidewalk or whatever, you know, and take them. It's really weird. It's kind of interesting. I think it was on OPB. Me and Dad heard it while we were hunting one time. But, anyhow, back to the story. Um, Alan was with them until 1952, but it was pretty early in his career when he witnessed this, uh, what he calls, or what the Philadelphia experiment was. Um... While he and this guy, he was smart because while he was a merchant marine, he was actually studying physics with Albert Einstein. But in 1955, so three years after he's done, the Office of Naval Research received and received an interesting package. And in this package, there was a book entitled "The Case for the UFO," um, and then unidentified flying object. And the book was written by a guy by the name of Morris K. Jessup, right? And in the book, there were these writings in the margins that looked like it was a debate between three different people. And they assumed it was different people because the writings were in three different shades of blue ink. Like one was a lighter blue, one was a darker blue. And the writings were talking about propulsion and whatnot. And they were saying that Jessup was too close to figuring out their secrets. So they called Jessup in and they showed the stuff to him. And he said that the writings and things looked similar to handwriting and some letters that he had received from a guy by the name of Carl Allen. Um, Allen had sent those letters to Jessup. He said he was a witness to this event in October of 1943. So he'd been sending letters to Jessup saying that he witnessed this Philadelphia experiment thing in 1943. And so Allen recognized the handwriting from these letters that he'd received. Um, 
And in the letters, he stated they were tests of dangerous science that were based on unpublished theories from Albert Einstein. And here's the gist of the story, uh, what he says he saw. He says that the Navy was creating a ship to become invisible, but in the process of doing this, the ship accidentally got teleported to Norfolk, Virginia. It stayed there for a few minutes and then automatically teleported back. And he also went on to say that various crew members ended up having unusual side effects. Some of them went crazy. Uh, some say that they were frozen in place. There are even some uh, statements um, that some of the people were fused to the metal in the ship. Um, and all in all, it may be the worst case of trolling in history. Because when Jessup wrote him back and asked him for more information, he said his memory would have to be recovered. Um, but he then referred him to an article in the newspaper. And to come to find out, the newspaper didn't exist. And then Alan didn't actually come clean until like 12 years later when he said that he made all the annotations himself to basically scare Jessup. Okay. Um, and I never could find out why he didn't like this guy or why he would do this. Um, the only thing that I can find, another thing that they had talked about back when he was a kid, is that he liked to play practical jokes um, and things like that. Uh, which... I mean, I don't know. Um, but anyhow, all these annotations, they must have had some interesting information in them because the ONR assigned a couple of guys to actually research this. What's an ONR? The Office of Naval Research. Oh. Yeah. Um, one of the guys said he found nothing of substance in the writings, but he discussed the annotations with a guy named Austin Stanton, who was president of Vero Manufacturing Corporation, and this was a company that was doing contract work with the ONR. See how I tell you this is kind of bouncing around? Mm -hmm. So this guy, this Stanton guy, he brought, um, he bought into the, all these stories and actually believed these conspiracy things. And he had his office start sending out mimeographed copies of the book with the annotations along with all the letters that they had recovered. And first they ended up producing only 12 copies of it. But by the time they were done, they produced 127 copies of this whole thing. And it didn't work out very well for Jessup because he tried to write more books on UFOs, but he couldn't end up getting them published. Um, and then he eventually lost his publisher altogether. Uh, and then he was facing problems in his personal life. So on April 30th of 1959, he ended up killing himself. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he, it kind of basically destroyed him. Mm -hmm. Then to top it off, there were other people that tried contacting Alan, the guy who had started this whole thing, mm -hmm get more information from him but they found his answers to be inconsistent or elusive and this was actually if they could find him at all uh some people they never even could find him now but as with all conspiracy theories there's a shred of truth to it you know somewhere in the mix of all of it and this one is no different uh there were some studies evidently going on in the navy at the time and one was the unified theory uh or unified field theory, which was a term that Albert Einstein did come up with. And this was where they were trying to bind the fields of electromagnetism and gravity into a single field. And some researchers were allegedly claiming that they could use some large electrical generators to basically bend light around an object, therefore making it invisible. And there was a whole, there was a whole lot on it, but I didn't want to really get into it all that much. Hmm. I understood it all 
perfectly well, but your head would probably explode, so I just didn't want to bother with it. Okay, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, there were also talks of them using magnetic and gravitational measurements of the seafloor to detect anomalies, and this led into the thinking of anti-gravity, gravity, which supposedly the Germans were trying to figure out. And this, if you're a conspiracy buff, the story gets merged with the UFOs and all that type of stuff because also um, at some point in time, there was this guy by the name of Bob Lazar, and he claimed to have worked at Area 51, and he was reporting that they were trying to reverse engineer some anti-gravity component that they got from an alien spacecraft, and he proposed that this is how UFOs were able to travel so quickly through space and never show any sign of propulsion or uh, any type of propulsion mechanism. Because if you think about it, um, every time you see like drawings of UFOs and stuff, mm -hmm. Or pictures, and you never see any pictures of like the jet burners or anything like that on them, right? Every time people describe UFOs, they never talk about like seeing a jet, like a thruster thing on them or anything. No, because they just and, hover. But how are they going to move from one place to another? I don't think they do. I don't I, believe it. You don't believe what? UFOs. Why not? I just never have. You don't believe in Bigfoot either, probably, do you? No, and you know I don't. Why not? It doesn't exist. How do you know it doesn't exist? Has anybody caught it? Has anybody got a clipping of its hair? Has anybody uh, saw it and took a picture of it? Maybe. They've seen them and taken pictures of them. No. Anyhow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I'm a realist. By a real something. <laughs> Um, but anyhow, yeah, so this Bob Lazar said that that's how the um, UFOs moved around, was with this anti-gravity mechanism, and I listened to a thing about it where they tried to reverse engineer this at Area 51. One guy actually died from trying to touch it. And, uh, touch what? This thing that they took out of a UFO that they had at Area 51. Oh, good grief. But then Bob Lazar has kind of been debunked a few times, too, and people kind of think he's a little wacko. Mm-hmm. But... That could be the media and the government spreading misinformation about him so that we don't find out all their secrets. You mean the media lied? Mm, it no. could have. No, media doesn't lie. Um, but then actual investigators, um, what they say or what the Navy says to cover up anything, uh, they say that the Navy was actually doing experimenting on degaussing techniques. Do you know what degaussing is? No. It's... Uh, what this they would be do it to make ships able to pass magnetic mines in the ocean because like they used to say you would degauss a computer hard drive by taking like a really strong magnetic uh yeah. real strong magnet by it and yeah. it would erase everything mm -hmm. and they call that degaussing oh, okay so they said that there were magnetic mines in the ocean and all these generators and all this other crap that they were doing and magnetism and stuff mm -hmm. was able to get them to be able to pass across these magnetic mines i got you yeah okay um, the glow that this guy, um, talked about seeing, uh, this claimed to be, have been attributed to, uh, something that they were doing on a totally different ship. And they had a generator plant on that ship where they had a higher frequency, uh, generator that created a Corona discharge, which is a proven thing that can happen. Um, do you know what a Corona discharge is? No. It's the Corona effect. And it's not from drinking too many Coronas. It's uh, it's mostly seen in high con uh, in high voltage transmission lines, and um, 
it's where the, and it's happens usually in moist conditions when it's really moist outside all right and moist in Stop the air using the word um it's where they you can kind of see a glow around the wires because of kind of like the electromagnetic field going around the wires is it kind of like the Ducks uniforms that we saw on Saturday when it had that glow to it? Kind of. Oh. Pretty much the same thing, it's yeah. It's like a Scooby-Doo glow when yeah. there's monsters. Sure. <laughs> um, and also within this story, there are also timeline inconsistencies that the Navy showed. Um, apparently, at the time when this all supposedly happened, the ship was out to sea, actually, when this... Uh, Carl Meredith or Carl Allen said he saw this. But the conspiracy theorists, they say that the Navy um, falsified the ship's log to say that it was out to sea when it actually wasn't out to sea. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And so, yeah, the whole thing, I think, I don't know, I think there was something going on there, but I think most of it was kind of just a hoax and this guy wanted to have his 15 minutes of fame or something like that. Well, and he, uh, he ended up dying, didn't he? Oh, that's where I heard about it. I actually wrote it down here. Um, I heard about it when I was listening to another podcast about a different conspiracy conspiracy theory. Um, which, all these conspiracy theories in the same genre, they seem to tie together. But the other podcast, they were talking about um, how they don't think that the uh, Wright brothers were the first ones to have flight. Duh. Well, it was the birds. Oh my god! <laughs> the, there were other people like Da Vinci. Was it Leonardo Da Vinci? Had, he was missing an ear. He had pictures of uh, of uh, like flying objects and stuff after he had disappeared into a cave or something like that for um, six months. He came out with all these different um, ideas and whatnot. But anyhow, that's pretty much it for the whole uh, Philadelphia experiment. Um, go Philadelphia Eagles. And what are you doing? Your ADHD is kicking in. Leave stuff alone. You just said I don't have ADHD. Oh, you just said you did. Anywho. Anyhow, um, that's pretty much it uh, for this one. Um, I haven't heard from our listener in Texas much lately. Uh-oh. I hope that person is still listening to the podcast. And, um, of course they are. They're well, busy with Thanksgiving. Maybe they got bored of it. I don't think so. But anyhow, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for this one. Okay. Um, Be do, you, safe. do you want to tell the people where they can find us at? No. Oh, come on. Just tell them. Podcast 74 at gmail.com. Or, wait, somebody really needs me from North Plains, Oregon tonight. A podcast from P-Town. Answer it and charge them a do- Maybe we should answer it and put them on speakerphone. Nope, and I'm they'll not be- doing that. No, put them on speakerphone. Nope. They'll be on the podcast. Doing- I don't care. No. That'd be awesome. It's probably just a telemarketer. I know. No, 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 put- no. Tell them, hey, tell- you're okay. on the podcast. All right. We hope everybody has a good week. Oh, crap. And we uh, be safe out there. Do something kind for somebody. Christmas is coming. Help those that are less fortunate. Maybe give to a humane society, a no-kill shelter. That's the Ochoco Humane Society. Or you could give to the local food bank. Or you could give to Toys for Tots. Or you could give to St. Jude's uh, 
Children's Hospital. Children's Hospital. Yep. That's probably one of the best things because research, if you're going to give things, research where that money goes. Because, yeah. like, the Salvation Army, I think, like, only 10, per- 10 cents of every dollar or some stupid thing like that. Yeah, because there's a March of Dimes or one of those. Administrative costs. And yeah, stuff. they have so much administrative costs, but supposedly St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Like, almost all that money goes directly to the research and stuff for these kids. Right. Which is just great, I think. Okay, everybody, stay safe out there. Hopefully you're staying warm, and we will see you next time. Okay, talk to you later. Okay, bye.